Uh, hey, what's up, everybody? It's Drew here. I want to welcome you all to Not a Phoenix Down. <laughs> um, we're going to be doing, uh, we're going back to our regularly scheduled broadcast next week. But this week, we're, gonna, we're just going to talk. Me and Matt, I got Matt here. Let's shoot the shit for a few minutes. Yeah. We're just going to talk about some video games and probably some geeky stuff and whatever crosses our mind. Maybe you guys will enjoy it. Hell, you may enjoy it better than the Phoenix Down. So, um, but yeah, we were talking about, just before I started the recording, how, Matt, you think that the the announcement, or not the announcement, but just everybody talking about next-gen is kind of hurting right now. Yeah, it, it just feels premature to me. I feel like we're at a good spot right now where the blockbuster games still look amazing to me. Every time I see a new game, it blows me away. Specifically, like we just mentioned, The Last of Us. I think that game looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, no need for PS4 or 720. You know, and if in the longer we stay at this kind of time point in the generation, the more likely we are to get a lot of smaller games, I think, released. Or these episodic games like the Walking Dead, which I think is the first one to really nail the idea of an episodic game. But you know, if we were to immediately jump to the next generation, that kind of thing can't really come out because the investment would have to be bigger, and the expected payoff would probably have to be bigger. So they'd try and sell them at twenty or thirty bucks a copy instead of five bucks an episode, where people might you know fall off and stop playing the game after one or two. So I, I yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just kind of feel like we're at a good spot in this generation, and if we could just stay right where we're at now for another year, year and a half, two years maybe, I'd be happy. Well, I can guarantee you this time next year we'll still be playing 360 and PS3. Um, I don't think we're going to see a new console until late next year. Yeah. I mean, I think I think one of them will probably release late next year. If we got the Wii definitely coming out this before holiday this year. Yeah. The, um, I think we'll, we'll probably have one of the two come out next year. I guarantee you they're going to come out within two or three weeks of each other. That, that close? They're going to have to. Uh, and, and I think PlayStation will be first. Because they're, they they saw how they lost, you know... I, I'm not going to say they lost this generation, but they're definitely behind the 360. And that was because the 360 had a year head start. Right. But, I mean, if it's down to two or three weeks, it doesn't even really matter who launches first or second. Well, that's true, but I'm going to be getting whatever comes first. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I'm getting both, and that sucks because, God, I will be broke as shit. But, I mean, I have to get both. I mean, that's just, yeah. you know, I mean. Uh, I'll get sucks. both, but the reason I'm okay with that is because I specifically have not bought a Connect yet. Because, guaranteed, the next Xbox is going to have one built in, right? More is than it, likely. Yeah, not guaranteed, but that, that's been the talk, and... Given how much Microsoft has pushed Connect, you, I can't imagine them abandoning it. Yeah, I, I, I would. Oh God, I, I'm so pissed off about that though. <laughs> the Connect does not appeal to me at all. The yeah. Move doesn't either. The Wii definitely doesn't. I enjoy the Move like once every month or two. Yeah, see, I don't even own one. For a couple hours, you know, play through some of whatever Dead Space game or House of the Dead game or whatever. Yeah, it's fun. I I can't do it every day. I would never want to do it every day, but as an occasional distraction, it's fun. 
Then maybe I'm just I don't know. Everybody, oh, I'm just jaded. No, I just don't like playing my games that way. I mean, yeah, sure, I like diabolical pitch, but for like ten minutes at a time. Yeah. You know, I, I can't sit there and play a connect game for like power sessions like I used to when I was kid. Yeah, I can't even do a power session of a regular game anymore, <laughs> unless it's like Civilization or something. But I don't know. You know the the. Uh, I know that Microsoft and Sony fucking hate Nintendo for coming out for the Wii because then they're like, oh <laughs> shit, now we gotta develop fucking yeah, gotta play catch shit. up now. You know, and and the problem is, and I, I believe it without a shadow of a doubt, the Wii U is going to flop big time. Yeah, I mean, I it's hard for me to judge it because I wasn't that interested in the Wii. I've never really owned a Nintendo console. Ever. Ever. Well, I mean. I've never owned one when they were a current gaming system. Okay. I have a Super Nintendo, and I love that, but I didn't buy it until like three or four years ago. Wow. So were you a Sega guy? Yeah. Oh, I was a Nintendo guy. I I played a Nintendo before I ever played a Sega. Yeah. But, I, you know, money was tight when I was 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. My entire life. Up until I got a job when I was like 16. Basically, all I did over that 10 to 12 year span was save up money two times: once to buy a Genesis and once to buy a PlayStation One. And that—that that was it. Those were the two times that I saved up and had hundreds of dollars. <laughs> well, so what was the first console you ever bought with your own money? Uh, the Genesis. The Genesis. Yeah, we had an old Pong system i'll call it a system with air quotes uh in my house and it just had like 12 different versions of pong but it was super fun because it had the uh you know the knob controllers yeah and you know we had some old pc games but nothing really that exciting yeah i mean Uh, the the first console i ever bought with my own money was probably the playstation 2 because uh, I i mean i was 16 when it came out and you know i had a job and that was like the first one where I, I actually made money and and spent money on something. Yeah, I was on like glacial timescales with that. Yeah. It took me like two to three years or or more. I don't even remember at this point. But it took me years to save up for Genesis. And it took me years to save up for a PS1. See, I was always... My, my dad bought me my, my NES. I still have it. I'm looking right at it. sitting right over there. Um, when I was, God, three, four, I mean, wow. I, I was young and that was my, my babysitter basically, you know, <laughs> mom and dad both were very busy people when I was a child and, you know, I was an only child and, um, it was just, you know, they they sit me in front of the television, and I'd just rock my brain on Mario Brothers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Double Dragon stuff like that, and that's how, I mean, I was introduced to video game playing at a very young age, and I just gradually continued from there. I mean, it was something I just grew up with, you know. And when the Super NES came out, freaking, you talking about begging my dad, dad, please. 
you know, I was like, please, Dad, let me get it. Because I was like, you know, I, I read Nintendo Power, and, man, they were talking about the new Super Famicom. I was like, oh, man, this looks amazing. You know, and I um, I got it, you know, Super Mario World and stuff like that. And then, of course, the N64 came out, and that thing was ridiculously expensive when it first came out. Yeah. And so my dad, like, he was like, no. And he, we had to wait. <laughs> I had to wait till Christmas to get that one. Yeah, that was pretty much my goal every year. Christmas and my birthday were just one or two video games. Yeah. That's why they had to make them hard as shit back then. <laughs> Which is funny because I was just watching a stream yesterday on uh, JK's at JK's behest uh, with his Team Spooky that he does some voiceover work for and commentating for. He works for Team Spooky, really? Mm-mm. He helps out with okay. some of stuff, I think. I got you. But basically, they were doing some speed run through old games, and they were playing through Maximum Carnage. Ah. And uh, it's sad to see how close I came to the end of that game so many times. Never could beat it, but I got to, like, the last real level, apparently. I didn't know that until I watched some guy play through the entire game in, like, 24 minutes yesterday. Jesus. Now, I just... Ugh. Some of those games were so bad, too, you know, and you were stuck with that game for, like, months. Yeah. You know, like, my mom, for my birthday, I got Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> on the NES because I was a fan of the of the movie, you know. It was, you know, come on, cartoons and, and, and real yeah. life going crazy. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. And they made a video game about it? Absolutely. That game sucked ass. <laughs> and I was stuck with that game till Christmas, and I was like, seriously? And I couldn't figure it out, and I was just, you know, which I was a kid, and I just, I just thought, you know, I, either the game was broken or I was doing something wrong. And back then, you couldn't figure out what to do because the internet didn't exist. Yeah. And I was at the end of the magazine. You got like tips and tricks. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> Nintendo Power. Like when I heard that Nintendo Power was getting shut down, I, it did kind of like, oh, that sucks. Because I mean, I subscribed to Nintendo Power for years, and you know, I mean, back in the day, it was quality because you know they give you like full on. Here's a map of the entire game of Castlevania Two. You know, it's just. You know, they, they'd show you exactly everything that you need to do, how to beat this guy and stuff, and that stuff, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, you don't get that slow sense of discovery. No. It's like you want the map, you just go find it, and two seconds later you've got the map. I feel, uh, I feel kind of bad, you know, because I, even, even I see myself doing it. You know, we, we're talking about Crimson Gem Saga. You know, I get stuck for five minutes. Fuck it. Let's bring up a fact. You know, it's so easily at our fingertips when, you know, if Crimson Gem Saga was a Super NES game, you were stuck until you figured out how to do it. I still have a tough time with the original Final Fantasy that I have on the PSP. Never played it before, before it came out, whatever, a couple of years ago on the PSP. Yeah. And, uh,. That game is a game where if you don't know where you're going, you could just spend 10 hours wandering around that world trying to figure out where you're supposed to go. Yeah. It's like Simon's Quest. It's like impossible to play that game without some assistance. Yeah. It's like, how are you supposed to figure that out? Well, I mean, even back in like PlayStation 1 days, whenever, um, what was it, uh, Metal Gear Solid, 
when uh, the the colonel was like, "Oh, Merrill's codec code is on the back of the CD case." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking through my inventory. What the fuck? I don't have a CD case. And it, I, I'll never forget. Like my a, a friend of mine was over at my house when I was playing it. He's like, "Is this the number?" And he held up the actual CD case. I was like, "Holy shit, that's it!" And it, it, it didn't even click with me that. That's what he meant. It was on the back of that CD case. I was thinking, oh, dumb developers. They put it on the back of this thing. And, <laughs> you know, and then finally, years later, I was like, oh, well, I'm an idiot. So, I mean, I, I mean, innovative stuff like that to make you think outside the box is kind of cool. You know, it's, it's hard to find nowadays. Nowadays, it's just, you know, if, if the game doesn't come with a fucking tutorial at the beginning of the game, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Or you're not screwed, you have to figure it out, but then people complain about having to figure it out. Yeah, there should be a healthy balance. I mean, I I try and go into all my games saying, I'm not going to use a fake. You know, I want to play this game the way it's meant to be played. Yeah. Uh, that's why I start every game on normal. Just regardless of whether it's an easy game or a super hard game. I usually try to do that. Um, for a while there, I was big into getting achievements and trophies and... I'd play games on hard, and that just became a chore. Yeah, I'll save that. Like, if I really like the game and I want to experience it again, I'll play it on hard. Say, it's 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 at least somewhat new. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't usually choose to play that way the first time around, and not because not because I don't want the game to be hard, but I figure if there are three difficulty settings: easy, medium, and hard. I feel like medium is probably the intended one. Yeah, I don't know. I just there's some games out there. It's like you know, Demon Souls and Dark Souls. You just, the, that's a game that that's yeah. It feels like it's harkening back to old games, not telling you what to do. And there's something intriguing about it, but there's also something very fucking frustrating about it. Yeah, it's a razor line. They happen to come down on the right side of it. Yeah, because there's a lot of games that could just be frustrating, and then that's the end of it. You know, close the book on it, never look at it again. But Demon Souls and Dark Souls, just there's something about them where that that punishment is acceptable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't explain it. Like I'm writing, trying, trying to write a review of it, and I'm just thinking, wow, how do you explain this game? It's so friggin' hard, and it pisses you off to the point of like yelling. Yeah, it's so hard, and I hate it, but I love it. Yeah. It's the game you love to have kill you, but <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> a game. I, I wrote that review, but um, I'm glad that there's a, that kind of variety, though. That versus something like The Walking Dead, where I haven't died yet. I've died, but it's been like because I only had like one hand on the controller or some bullshit like that, and I was like, oh, I didn't know a quick time event was happening. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's always something like that, but. Oh, Which man. I'm really excited to play through this third chapter. Oh my god, that third chapter is depressing. Holy shit. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's my plan for the rest of the night, honestly. It's nuts. Are you PS3? Yep. Gotcha. I don't know, I usually have pretty good download speeds, but for some reason yesterday I had the most abysmal download rate of all time. I was downloading the uh, Borderlands that we got for free through PS Plus. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I need to download that. And then uh, Zen Pinball 2 because it's free, and it'll import the Marvel Pinball tables, I believe. Really? Yeah. Nice. 
So it's it's kind of weird because it's a new like wrapper, so it's technically a new game, but it uses all your old tables. Plus, I I, I don't know, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but I think there's also additional tables. Cool. I need to download that then. I didn't know that was free. Yeah, nice. I didn't either. And it's free for everybody, not just PS Plus. Ah, okay. Huh. And then I and then I picked up The Walking Dead, but at five hours later, I was only halfway done downloading Borderlands. So I, I don't know what was going on last night, but I think the PlayStation had been running slow because I had to download Way of the Samurai Four, and that was like I mean, granted it was big, it was like four gigs, but that took like nine hours. Man, usually I have great download speeds where it's, you know, a couple gigs within an hour, within half an hour, 40 minutes or so. I've never had that, I don't think. Last night was just painful. Yeah, I haven't even even looked yet at the PlayStation Store. I need to, but, um... Painful, I had to read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I read a book. You're more of a reader than I am. Yeah, I was just finishing up a Stargate book. Literary classic. Stargate. Actually, it's one of the worst books. I hate... I hate this author. <laughs> then why are you reading it? Because it's the first four Stargate books that... Before they came out with this ongoing series that they have now. The same author, Ashley McConnell, wrote four Stargate books. Uh, and back in the day on Zombie Frog, I reviewed the first one. I said it was one of the worst books I had ever read. Holy crap. And then two and three were bad, but not quite as bad. Well, this fourth one was like right back to the beginning. It was so awful. What makes them so bad? <sighs> the first one... Well, they're all super short. Okay. Uh, the first three books are only like 190 pages. To oh, wow. 210 pages each. This last one was a little bit longer. It was about 300 pages. But, I mean, this one was just awful. So Because it's the equivalent of like 15 minutes of an episode. Like There was no story, no conclusion. And for me, the kicker on this last one was just something stupid where she mentioned anthrax three times and called it a virus when it's not a virus. Well, that's just your profession getting in the way that you know that's a minor thing that (laughs) may have bothered me more than other people but it's just it's just poorly written and especially this fourth book was terrible because basically these aliens can like create the world based on your mind so basically they have each person see their own reality okay but they would kind of like go through a dream sequence and then move on to the next character and go through a dream sequence. And I'm like, okay, I get the point. And then they go to a third character, do a dream sequence. I'm like, all right, already. I get the, I get it. And then they go to the fourth character. I'm like, all right, you've now taken up a third of this book just to make one single point. And that's it. You, you, you spent 100 pages just telling me that these aliens can shape reality based on the dreams of the people that they decide to right i i don't know it was just nothing happened it was so like stagnant and it, a, a two to three hundred page book should not be stagnant you know that that's as short as books get and uh i don't know it's garbage i can't wait to get to the regular books so what you what you plan on reading after that just going right back into stargate 
Uh, that's a tough question. Uh, I'm working actually on that list. NPR came out with a list of the top 100 sci-fi and fantasy books of all time. Okay. Uh, and I I own a healthy number. I've read a few less than that because I've been picking books up over the last couple of years. Uh, but I was surprised to see that both the number one slot and the number two slot I have not read. What was number one? Number one was Lord of the Rings. Really? You never read Lord of the Rings? I've read The Hobbit four times, four to five times, but I never had Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. I never read it. Just by the time I got out to college, I wasn't reading that much, so my I um just never read it. When I was very little, my mom actually read part of that to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Lord of the Rings. I've I've actually read that book. Amazingly enough, the guy who doesn't read <laughs> has read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I've read The Hobbit. Um, See, the thing is also, after the movies came out, I didn't want to read the books right away because I didn't want to just imagine the movies. Yeah. And luckily I have a terrible memory, so <laughs> flash forward ten years or however long it's been since the first one came out. It's been about ten years. Yeah, so at this point, you know, I I've forgotten most of the details of the movies. So I I'm ready to go back and read that. And uh, number two on that list was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Galaxy or universe? Yeah, Galaxy. Which I, I actually hated the movie, and I never wanted to read the book, but <laughs> I decided I would try and get through the top ten on this list at least. So th- those two are both pretty high on my list of to read. Hmm. Trying to imagine. I can name the amount of books I've read. Unless you want to talk about like Goosebump books or some shit. <laughs> Classics. Hell yeah, man. Goosebumps. I did read a lot of Goosebumps when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, me too. Goosebumps and then I graduated to Fear Street. I remember Fear Street, yeah. <laughs> those were the teen books. Yep. Um, and what was that? What was that other shitty... Uh, Animorphs. Oh, I never read that. You have you heard of it though? Maybe they made a television show about it. These this alien comes to Earth, and uh, these kids uh, get the an ability from the alien to basically morph into any animal they touch. Interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, I read like one or two. Watched the show, but. Yeah, goosebumps. You can't beat those. <laughs> Monster Blood. That was my book. Monster Blood. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, God, last the last book I read was actually Hole Zero Three. Oh yeah, I remember that. I also read that. Yeah, that was actually okay. That was last year. Um, might have been two years ago. Yeah. I finished it last year, so yeah, you might have read it two years ago. Yeah, I got it whenever it first came out. Got it for Christmas, actually. A friend of mine got it for me. Um, and before that, I read World War Z. Oh, very nice. Um, I liked that book a lot. It was, it was like, when I, like, I hadn't read a book in years, and I read that book, and I was like, man, maybe I could actually get into reading books again. And I was like, no. <laughs> as good as this is, it couldn't convert me. Yeah, unless it's like more zombie shit or something. But then I started doing comics again, so that's my reading extent. Yeah, I pretty much feel like I'm moving backwards through life. <laughs> you know, I started reading comics again. I uh, 
started playing Magic again. So you're playing Magic again? Well, currently not really. Yeah. But when I was back in Rochester, I was over the last couple of years. Yeah. I was playing quite a bit. Man. I wish I could find games like that. Unfortunately, I don't have any cards, and I don't think I could afford to get cards. Yeah. You know, I just um. But I've I've had so many people tell me, hey, you should try, you know, find a local comic shop. But there is one in Athens, and I was like, well, I could go up there but then i was like how much is it like they had these things where I, don't, I can't remember what they're called but basically everybody buys like five booster packs and then yes yeah, sealed deck tournament yeah they all tr- you know basically pass them you know and I, oh I, yeah that's usually three packs three packs okay yeah and it's a draft yeah drafting that's what it is it's basically i need this one and i'll pick it up and then hand the, the deck off to somebody else yep those are fun. That's a little complicated for me, though. Yeah. I'd, I don't know. I used to play Magic whenever I was like in middle school and high school, or partly in high school. Yeah. I, uh, I've i recently been on kind of a Star Wars kick. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about the old Star Wars card game. Uh-huh. And uh, apparently it got phased out years ago. I'm sure. The, the company that had the license to make the cards lost the license from LucasArts. Gotcha. I know. And, uh, I'm trying to think. I played. There was another one. Like I actually played like magic tournaments and stuff. Um, I was a fucking nerd, dude. Um, <laughs> well, you're talking to someone who still plays in magic tournaments, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I sucked, but I did go to some a few magic tournaments, um, and I also participated in one tournament. And unfortunately, there was only five guys that played it: the Dragon Ball Z card game. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I in fact I still have a lot of those cars because I couldn't find anybody who wanted them. <laughs> so I mean, like I, th- I think they're probably in a box at my parents' house, but um I know I still have those, uh, and I played the crap out of it. Like you know, just like I, it was the same guy, and me and him went to a tournament, and there was me, him, and three other guys. Nice. So um. They actually make the pre-releases for Magic super fun. It's yeah. like an event. Oh god, yeah. Like I follow them on Facebook, Magic the Gathering, and they they have a fucking party every time they release a new edition. Yeah, man. Like all the tournaments, all like the the pro tour, all these different circuits. Those are so competitive that they can lose out a little bit on the fun. But man, those pre-releases are so exciting. Because everybody, basically, instead of the three packs and you rotate the packs, you just get six packs and you build your own deck out of those six packs. Gotcha. And uh, so everybody's on equal footing. They're giving away free stuff, like, every 15 minutes. They've got little, like, checklists of things that if you do this at any time in a game, you get a little star or something. And you can win stuff. It's just, it's a very inviting atmosphere compared to the actual tournaments, which are tough. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I didn't know this, which I found out doing a little bit of research whenever I had to review Magic 2013. Yep. And I wish I talked about it on the podcast and on M4G, but, um, I didn't realize that Wizard of the Coast has basically melded in together, like, Dungeons and Dragons with yep. Magic the Gathering. Like, it's all in the same universe. Oh, I didn't know that. Are yeah. Sure? Yeah. So, like, Dungeons & Dragons takes place on a certain plane. I don't know what it is. I've never played it before. Uh, I look forward to the inevitable 
Dungeons and Dragons set from Magic, then. Yeah, see, that's just straight up here. We're going to visit that plane. Yeah, see, and it's it's just a single plane. While the planeswalkers can go to that plane sometimes. Yeah. And it, I, I was like, man, that's kind of crazy how they mixed all that together. And then also, the what was the video games? Um, Boulder's Gate. Oh yeah. Boulder's Gate's part of it too. It's nuts how they how, like I was like I was actually very impressed how they did that. I always wonder how they are doing as a company because I I guess it's just the distribution has changed because when I was a kid the way I bought my cards be it Star Wars or Magic was from gas stations. Mine wasn't from gas stations. I actually had a card shop in my hometown. Oh, um, so yeah, we never had a card shop or anything like that. Yeah, we had a card and comic shop in my hometown, which is like crazy because it's like the Redneckville, USA. <laughs> but it was a small little place, and that's where I got my magic cards. Oh, I remember buying packs of Dagobah for the Star Wars card game. <laughs> so fun. Never so played. I've spent a lot of this week actually rereading the rule books for that game to remember how to play. For Star Wars? Yeah. God, good luck finding somebody to play. Yeah, I don't know that I will be able to. Although they have, uh, it got turned over to what's called the Star Wars CCG Players Committee. And they still have tournaments and stuff for it. And they come out with virtual sets. Uh-huh. That it's tournament legal that you just download and print these, put them into card backs and play with them. Huh. And it, I have no idea if anyone goes to these or what their size. I'm sure it's absolutely tiny compared to what a real magic tournament's like but there's some kind of community there yeah that's true i don't know like those games like magic and stuff like that a tournament you know with like high level players it all boils down to who has the most money to buy on cards well at that level i don't think so because everybody there pretty much has every card that they want so at that level specifically i would say it comes down almost purely to strategy because everybody has every card if you're playing like with your friends then yes whoever spends more and has better cards probably will win more exactly i just i don't know that's why whenever i try and set up these decks i try and make them balanced against each other yeah so that i could say hey you could take any one of these 10 decks and i'll take any other one and we'll just go and it doesn't matter you know, you're not going to be spending money, and you know nobody's going to have a crazy advantage. I'm not trying to build tournament level decks, but what was your color? Uh, mostly black, I would say. Ah, uh, black. I respect blue the most, but I always seem to have the best black cards. I was always blue and white. Those are my two. I don't. So the, the new set's coming out. Oh, they have a specific blue-white deck. Yeah, well, there's a, so basically it's it's a set that came out a few years ago called Ravnica. Okay. That's the name of the plane, uh-huh. I believe. And so this set is called Return to Ravnica. Hmm. And basically for every two color combinations, there's, there was a guild on that planet in the city. So the Azorius guild is the blue-white guild. Huh. Interesting. And they actually just had a crazy party, I guess, at PAX. I think it was PAX. PAX Prime. And uh, they had a crazy magic party where they had different foods based on each of the two color combinations. 
kind of funny. Kind of lame, but... Ah, let the nerds have their fun. I, yeah, I would have been there. Hell yeah, I would have been there. I don't know. Jeez, that's kind of crazy, but... Yeah, Magic Cat was... That was a long time ago. I stick to the, the video game versions. Just, um... I don't know, like that and... God, what else did I used to play? Um... I, that you know, I think that was really the only thing I really got into was Magic and Dragon Ball Z. I always wanted to play the uh, Mech Warrior one, BattleTech. They had a collectible card game for Battle for Mech Warrior. Oh yeah. I always wanted to play it, but I just never knew anybody who played it, so it was too much of a hurdle for me to go out and somehow track down cards, learn how to play, get enough cards that I could play with my friends. It was always either easier with Magic and Star Wars because I had friends that played. Yeah. But BattleTech was always one where I saw them and I was like, "Oh, this looks cool." But <laughs> that's the end of it. It's too late now. So I noticed on um, Twitter, I uh, I just mentioned trying to do a Skype uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and. Um, one of my followers basically retweeted that and the amount of people that tweeted to me. Really? <laughs> yeah. They were like, I never thought of that. That sounds awesome. And I'm like, okay, does anybody know how to play? And they're like, <laughs> and, they're like and some of them were like, I do. And I'm like, okay. And then like, I saw some people were like, like they, they did like DMS, like they were specifically DMs. And I was like, well, this might actually work. You know, and I'm just like, well, when will I ever have time to do an online session of Dungeons and Dragons? I don't know, but there's been so much talk of it in the last week. I want to go get that red box. It's nice and cheap. What is red box? So basically, it's the revamped version of the starter kit for Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Uh, the MSRP is only twenty bucks. So the idea was. To have a super low barrier of entry, uh-huh. and to have everything you would need for like the basic game. So it comes with like instruction books, uh, DM book, comes with some little tokens and dice, and some character sheets to fill out your stats. Um, looks like there's a it comes with a map, a, a, two maps. Does it, is that is Dungeons and Dragons a tabletop game? Is that what that's considered? Oof. Or is a tabletop game like Carcassonne? So, like a board game? Yeah, like Catan. Interchangeable with a board game? Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious of what what it, what is that called? Just a, a tabletop RPG? <laughs> I would think it would just be called a role-playing game. Just a role-playing I've game. I've never heard of it called anything but that. Gotcha. But then again, I've never played it, so... <laughs> yeah. I've played something like that. Actually, a friend of mine, a guy I know... Um, he he actually developed he, he works on video games right now. He actually develops video games. I reviewed one of his games actually. And um conflict of interest. Yeah, I know. Um no, I gave him a fair score. Um but uh he he made a RPG. Um it was called Zombie Side. And it was uh basically you were survivors of a zombie apocalypse, but he had characters. <laughs> he had these. He had characters. This guy's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm not gonna say in a good way. 
But he, and he doesn't give a crap about like offending people. <laughs> so he had uh, classes and characters that you could play as. Um, and uh, my um, I, he, he like he just said there was a list of them, so you could play as uh, the gamer, which is like a video gamer, a guy who's big into video games. Um, and there's two different types. There's the role playing gamer who was more about stats like trying to increase stats and they had moves and special abilities that would um, basically buff himself mm-hmm. and then he had the the hack and slash gamer which was he had like sword fighting moves and so I was like oh I'm gonna be a hack and slash gamer he's like okay cool and so he's like you can do whatever the hell you want he said mention like so you come up on two zombies what do you want to do? And I was like, all right, what do I have on me? He says, well, your standard equipment is, he's like, because you wanted to be a regular person, you have a pair of blue jeans, a hoodie, <laughs> uh, you have a baseball bat, and um, a backpack that has nothing in it. I'm like, okay, I want to hit that zombie in the face with my baseball bat. He's like, okay, roll your dice. I roll my dice. He's like, all right, I rolled a 20. He's like, okay, cool. Here's what happens. You go up to the zombie and you knock his fucking head off. You know, it's just like, and it was, it was really fun. And I was like, you know, it was basically like you had to use your imagination, which I know a lot of people are like, oh, what a fucking geeky thing to do. But it was actually fun. Just, you know, just basically telling a story, yeah. you know, and he, it, see, I've, I've always been intrigued by that aspect of it. It's like playing through a story and that sounds awesome to me, but it's always seemed to me that <laughs> In in my mind, I would just say, "All right, well, I pull out my magical Uzi and blow away everybody, and I win." And like, I I never really knew, and I still don't know, what kind of rules are involved in an RPG like this, and how do you stop someone who just, I mean, is it like a gentleman's game where you just have to play with only people who you know are going to respect the theoretical rules or are there actual rules that stop people from doing stupid stuff well i mean he had his i mean he wrote up rules and everything i mean this dude was thorough with this game he, he was wanting to make it a game like like for real mm-hmm. and um he had rules you know he was like all right you can only move he had a map he made a map out and everything it was like in a parking garage that was where we were looking for supplies in a parking garage it was me and three other guys playing and he was our dm basically and um he had he had it in squares. He said, uh, you know, like um, there was different classes and things like that. Um, I can't remember some of the classes. Like uh, one of the classes was uh, the, um, regu- the the regular Caucasian man was a class, and his his power was called Manifest Destiny, which was basically he could take powers from other characters. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and it was just, it was ridiculous stuff like that. It was like a comedy kind of thing. Yeah, it sounds nice and campy. Yeah. And so, um, he was, um, you know, he, he had different rules. It's like, okay, well, uh, since you're the RPG gamer, uh, you're also a little overweight because you don't get around too much. So, um, you can only move three spaces. I'm like, okay. And so you can move around three spaces. But he said, but because you're a video gamer, um, you also have the special power called platforming, which means you can jump spaces if you want to, but you get, but it has to recharge every three turns or something like that. And so he had he had all these different rules and stuff that that kept you in those boundaries. So like, 
you know, I couldn't just say, I'm going to pull out my fucking Uzi and blast all these zombies away because he said, you ha- you don't have that. He said, your inventory is backpack, blue jeans, hoodie, and a baseball bat. So you have to think within that realm. Yeah. You know, it was it was basically what you were, you know, and then later on, one of the characters was going through a car and found a handgun and then he could now use a gun. You know, it was it was things like that, that, you know, he kept the game fresh. You know, we even went against a boss zombie and it was fun. I, I really did enjoy it. And I'd love to play it again if I could ever um, find time to see him. But, uh, you know, just and I, I think that that would totally work for Skype because, you know, that you, you're basically talking anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, the voice is really the only medium. You're not looking at a board. You're not dealing with figurines or anything like that. So it seems like it's tailor made for a Skype call. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it would be fun. And if we did it, hell I'd fucking record it and post it. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> so listen to us play a game. <laughs> and we'll, I'm sure we'll crack jokes and stuff too. It's always fun to do that. That's actually the only experience I really have is watching Will Wheaton at I think it was some packs a long time ago. They had some basically like a celebrity D and D. It was one of the people from uh, Penny Arcade. Ah, uh, okay. And Will Wheaton and a couple of other people sitting down and playing a game that was recorded, huh. broken up into a bunch of parts. And I watched the first couple parts of that. I'm like, yeah, I, I could do this. Huh, that sounds but interesting. I would, would do this. I don't know. Maybe we'll do that if we can find some people. You know. The, the the problem is like oh these random Twitter people I'm like can we trust these people I mean are they weird you know I'm weird but I'm not really weird yeah another <laughs> fine line because <laughs> I mean I was like I've seen some D and D players in my life but um I don't know that's um you know and then yeah, you go I mean, I'm open to it so if we can if we can align the stars somehow to make it happen I'd be interested yeah. I just have to, like, you know, just yeah, break up a Saturday and just say, oh, yeah, fuck it. We're going to, Saturday night, we're just going to sit down and, and geek out. Yeah. It sounds fun to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do that and, I don't know, pick up Guild Wars 2 and play with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, Guild Wars is fun. I have to, I have to admit to that. That's, in our, uh, it was I, you know me. I'm. I never would get into an MMO. I know. I was shocked when you were backing it so hard. I know. And I still am, and I feel bad about it too because sometimes I'm like, oh, this guy's just a fucking, you know, fanboy. And I'm like, well, I'm not really a fanboy. I've just been playing it, and it's it's fun, you know. I was like, you know, I played. You can solo this game if you want to, and I, you know, my old roommates are playing it, and we jump in, and you know. They may be level thirty, but if they're in my area, they they scale it down to where they're really level twelve. You know, it's and it works out, so we all have fun. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I really do enjoy it. Um, but the the only other thing before we you know we've 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 talked to, we've rambled on long enough. Um, one thing I did want to talk to you on the the air about is. What are we looking for as far as future games? Like, what games do we really want to do soon? 
like uh, in the upcoming months. Is the I'm, upcoming months. I'm looking at this list here. It's getting large. And it's very large, yeah. We've actually had to shorten. We've highlighted some that we would really like to do. And I know my list has Bully on it. Yes, mine too. And uh, Okami, which you you got that on yours, but I definitely would like to play that. In fact, I'd like to play that when the HD version comes out. Yeah, me too. I, I, I think right now, those are the two top games for me. Bully and Okami. Bully and Okami. The same way when we very initially started doing this type of game club type podcast, it was Psychonauts and... Uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Beyond Good and Evil. And those were the two that were really like, all right, these are the first two we have to do. After that, who cares? Unfortunately, those were the first two I did not join you guys because I didn't, oh. I, I didn't know you guys at the time. <laughs> And I was like, man, I still haven't played Psychonauts ever. <laughs> and I own the game. It's a good one. I know. But we did Braid, Black, Crimson Skies. God, Crimson Skies. Persona 3, which took forever. Yep. And we st- I just still didn't finish it. I, Jade Empire. I got Jade. the bad ending, but... Yeah, Jade Empire. I remember that. I actually beat that game. That was a good game. That was a weird game for me because I associate it so strongly with where I was living at the time because it was just for a couple months where I was living on a couch, basically. I was living on a futon in my buddy's spare room. And I was playing that game, sweating my balls off (laughs) in this tiny room. It was just so hot and I was just so uncomfortable the whole time I played that game. I was playing... I was living with my old roommate at the time, and he, for some reason, like he does not like to watch me play games. He will, he will force me to watch him play a game, but he does not like watching me play a game. Um, but for some reason, Jade Empire, like he had played it before, and he was like really into what am I going to choose to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, every once in a while, he'd be like doing something on the computer, and like I just keep clicking the same person over and over again. And they'd say the say the same dialogue over and over again. I was just waiting until he turned around and said, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know. <laughs> but Jade Empire was great. I loved that game. That I was surprised at how much I would I liked that game. And trapped. Uh, that yeah, game. I I never could finish it. I, I never could get past that one room. The dishwasher. God, I hate that game. Yep. Super Street Fighter Four. I remember that. It it was like right when it came out. It was whenever the Super Edition came out. It's a classic. Yeah. It's a great game. Shadow Complex, which, you know, I didn't really like. I mean, I liked it, but it was okay. I just, it was it got on my nerves for some reason. I think, I think the, the, the biggest, when was like, because I, I, I remember we all got kind of fatigued, and I think it started with Max Payne 2. Yeah. Because at Max Payne 2, it seemed like we were just kind of like going through the motions with that game. Yeah. You know? And then Killer7 came out and everybody just fell off. <laughs> yeah, that game killed me. I, I know. I was like, damn it, I'm sorry, but I really love this game. I, I, I love that game right up until the moment I started playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved everything about it except the game itself. <laughs> Oh, that was my suggestion, so 
Yeah, there it goes. And then Deus Ex, we just fucking like fuck this game. <laughs> that was funny. Try the first one. No, this sucks too much. Let's let's try the second one instead. It's close enough. <laughs> no, this one's still too hard. Yeah, the, the fuck. Too I don't, bad we didn't do Human Revolution. That yeah, game's that, awesome. That game was fantastic. Yeah. That was like because uh, you know my my roommate downloaded the cop an illegal copy of it before like months before it came out. And he was playing it on the PC, and I was playing on the PC too. And I was like, I just can't get into this game. I was like, this is, you know, I sat there and played for like an hour. I'm like, nah, this is not for me. And then like a year after it came out, oh, in a year, it was probably like six months after it came out, I just sat down and played it because I got it for like 19 bucks on Amazon. And I was like, man, this game's amazing. I was like, I, I love that game. This is my top games like I've ever played. Yeah, it's pretty high up there. And then, you know, then another suggestion, Dead Rising, that I made that everybody didn't like. See, I didn't like Dead Rising, but it's it's one of the, my favorite games that we ever did for Game Club. Why is that? Because I never would have stuck with it all, long enough to see the game if I was just playing it on my own. Yeah. I It was just under that threshold. I didn't hate it, but I probably didn't like it enough to play it on my own. But the fact that we did it for Game Club, I got to play a lot more of it than I otherwise would have. Yeah. And I still don't love it, but I, I, I like what they were trying to do with it. I really like that game. And Costume Quest was always fun. That we just we, that was like when it came out, we we yeah. just said, "Oh fuck, we'll do this one." And we just talked about it, and then we abandoned Eternal Darkness, which I want to go back to one day. Yeah, me too. Because. We quit because I can't remember why we quit, but we quit because I, I know I quit because I got to a brick wall where I couldn't beat the this area and I didn't have a healing spell because I chose the wrong rock to begin with. <laughs> so my 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 restoration spell was to restore magic. So I was using magic to restore magic. And I was thinking, how the fuck did the developers fuck up this badly to where y- you can actually choose this? Yeah, so, this should not be an option. Yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? So, but yeah, but looking at these games, Bully and Okami's top, um, Heavenly Sword should take one episode because I hear that game's like three hours. Yeah, I'd like to do that sometime. I've never touched it. I haven't either. I watched my roommate play a little bit of it, and the only thing I said was, or the only thing I remember about it was thinking that the six-axis controls were pretty well implemented. Yeah. I remember him controlling these, like, arrows. Yeah. And you had to, like, maneuver them into the critical spots on enemies. Wasn't wasn't Heavenly Sword basically like a tech demo for that game? Yeah, it might have been. (laughs) But yeah, that was, I mean, we could definitely do that one. Um... Legend of Dragoon, that's an epic one. God. That would take forever. What about outside of recording? Do you have any games that you are just itching to go back and replay or play for the first time, but not necessarily for Phoenix Down? Uh, like outside of review games and outside of Phoenix Down games? Or do you just not have time for a third level of games? I don't know if I have a time for third level games, especially now. That's the the bad thing. Yeah. Is you know because we're getting into review season and holy shit, we're gonna get a lot of games for review. Um, 
as far as games that I own that I like, l- let me just mention the games that I own that I have never finished. I'm, I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> oh man, Divinity Two. Um, Dark Souls. Kinos of Amalur Reckoning. Uh, I want to pick that up at some point. It's a great game. Um, Fear 3. Dragon's Dogma. Um, my PlayStation 1s are in the living room, unfortunately. And I have a lot of those. I know Alpha Protocol is one of them. I got it for 5 bucks, so I was like, fuck it. I put through about half that game, and I was like, this game is ass, but for five bucks, I was like, that should be an interesting one for us to record about. But let's see here. Let me just see what I got on here. Um, I do own Castlevania, like Lament of Innocence and Curse of Darkness, and have never played them. I've owned them for years. Yeah, I never have either. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 I have owned for about five years and have never touched it. I can't beat the first one. I don't know why people love this game. I'm stuck. Let me guess. Are you stuck in the well? No, I'm sure that it's nowhere near as far as I should be to be stuck in that game. But something to do with Alice in Wonderland. I'm looking through some stupid flat forest. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like every time... Maybe I just have a bad save. Like I saved in a spot where I don't have any access to like backtracking or anything yeah i'm not sure i haven't touched it in a while but i've been stuck in that game for years i never touched the the i beat kingdom hearts one but never touched kingdom hearts two and i've played practically every other game besides that one um risen i reviewed the second one and i really enjoyed it um and i saw risen one was five dollars on amazon downloads and so I picked it up, and I was like, you know, I want to give that a shot just to see how it is. I hear that the 360 version is crap, <laughs> but the PC version is actually decent. Um, Divinity 2, which was actually pretty fun. Um, Demon Souls and Dark Souls, I would love to finish those games. I've seen... I, I know it can be done because both my roommates completed those games. In fact, one beat Dark Souls three times over. <laughs> um, got a lot of Shin Megami Tensei games. Yep, me too. Metro 2033. I, I kind of want to put that on my short list. Yeah, I could play it. I, I bought the PC version... I only played it for about half an hour or so, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of sway when I'm walking around. <laughs> and uh, that that was about all I got out of it. Yeah. I'm I like, oh, it's a cool atmosphere. I like this kind of post-Chernobyl style, style feel to the the countryside and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, I I'd like really, to play it. Yeah, I really liked that. Like, I, like what I played, I played about 30 minutes of it, too. And yeah, I was like, "This is interesting." Um, corpse party. I heard it's weird. Well, I, I just read what I just. Okay, I hear it's weird. I'm weird, so it works out. <laughs> um, a game that I will love to go back to. Alone in the dark. 
Oh, yes. Did you ever play that game? I picked up the revamped PS3 version. Uh-huh. And uh, I agree with you. I think it's super innovative. I think it's a fantastic game, even with its bugs. Uh, but I didn't finish it. I got stuck at some point. Okay. I, I played on 360 uh, before the patch, no less, that they released. <laughs> um, Odd World Stranger's Wrath. I'd really like to do that one because, honestly, I, I hear there's a big twist in that game at, toward the middle. And I have yet to have that twist spoiled for me. Yeah, me too. And I'm That's like, a game I wanted to play when it initially came out. And it's one of the only games that I've been pseudo looking for when I go to like old game shops, look for the old Xbox version of it. Yeah. I guess now my interest in that version has diminished with the HD update, but Do you still own an old Xbox? Yes. Okay. I still have all my old systems. Not out here with me in Chicago. But uh I've got everything all boxed up and waiting for my having the space to unload all my retro systems. Mm, gotcha. Majin in the Forsaken Kingdom. That was that was a game that kinda took me by surprise. My roommate bought it um when it first came out and he didn't even play it. I don't know why. He buys games and just wastes money. <laughs> and I was like, fuck it, I'll play it. So I put it in my system and I was like, man, this is actually really interesting. It felt it's got the charm of like a Disney movie. Oh, interesting. It, it it really does. It felt like I was playing a Disney movie a little bit. And I was like, I really like this game. I just never finished it. Um, yeah, the only Final Fantasy game I have never played, Final Fantasy XII. Kind of fell off the Final Fantasy bandwagon after they had the whole MMO come out. And I was like, ah, fuck this. Yeah. I, I enjoyed 12 from what I played of it. Yeah. Oh, let's see here. I, I need to look at games that like we could actually put on a short list if need be. All right, let me look at yours. You have games that I've never even fucking heard of. <laughs> like which ones? Uh, Battle Engine Aquilia. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of my scouring, like, Obscure game lists like not just obscure, but like gems that were overlooked. Right. Because uh, there's a lot of games I've never heard of that there's a good reason for that, and I never want to play. Yeah. But if people are holding these up as you know, these are worth the second look. And if it, you know if it comes up enough, then I'm, I'm willing to say, all right, I'll give it a look. Arcs Fatalis, never heard of it. Yeah, I, I think I have one of them. I think on the PS2. It says here Xbox and PC. Uh, must have been a different version then. <laughs> um, Herzog Zwei. Oh, Zwei. Zwei, never heard of it. Oh, the very first RTS. God, yeah, I know I'm going to have fun with that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, that one's actually pretty cool because instead of just like kind of building units and sending them out you have like a like a ship basically that you can use to like go scout like it's your you have something that you control instead of just godlike controlling everything hmm 
I, for a Genesis game, I thought it was super interesting. Gotcha. Um, I never heard of Omricon. Oh yeah, the first game by uh, Quantic Dream. Yeah, never heard of it. I've never played it. I think it's. I know it's PC. It may be PC only. I'm not sure. But uh, I really want to go back and play Heavy Rain. Probably not for. Uh, probably not for Phoenix Down, but I want to replay it with the move functionality and to try and see some of the alternate decisions or the repercussions of some of the alternate decisions. Yeah, I got a really bad ending because I fucked <laughs> up one quick time event. So, yeah, I mean, I'd kind of like to see what their first game was like and to see how they got their start because there are some very strong threads running through all their other games, some very strong similarities. Yeah. Uh, I played Grim Grimoire. I actually had to review it when it came out on the PS2 Classics. Uh, I didn't play very much of it, but I loved it. Um, let's see here. Corner Trigger, yeah. The Last Remnant. Remnant. Um, I, you know, it came out during the same time as Infinite Undiscovery. Yes. And I've heard between those two... Infinite Undiscovery is supposed to be a better game. Really? This is this is what I've heard. I could be completely wrong. See, yeah, I never really knew what to hear or what to what to believe about those games because I thought they said the last remnant would have been good, but it was kind of a technical mess. Mm-hmm. So my plan was just to get the PC version and hope that it's been patched. Yeah, or find <laughs> mods for it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. So- but, but I, I, you know, it didn't come out on the PS3, so I wasn't paying much attention to it at the time because I didn't have a 360. But I I thought that's what I remembered, was that they said don't buy this game, but they said that mostly because of technical reasons. Yeah. So, man, I've got a lot on my list. That's insane. Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> I love that game. Um... So here, Burning Crusade, I actually own this game. Uh, Ken gave it to me after he reviewed it. And because um, I wanted to play it, but then we had to, we, like, it, we got it late. And he was like, I'll go ahead and just review it. And that's how I'll send it to you. So I've got it sitting here. I've got, I've actually got a review copy of it. I could never trade it in. So, <laughs> um, let's see here. Diablo 2. The game that basically took so many. Do you own a DS? I do not own a DS. Damn, I've got a lot of DS games on here. In fact, I added one recently, the 999. Oh. Nine hours, nine persons, and nine doors. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. So, um, I don't know. And of course, Justin's got some games. 99 Nights. Red Dead Redemption, which is an epically long game. Huh. Uh, Boulder's Gate, Dark Alliance, Boulder's Gate, Dark Alliance 2, Burnout Revenge, Burnout 3, Fatal Frame 2. I still own that game. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. There's one game that I would love to put on here. I can't remember the name of it, though. It was an early... 
PS3 game. I think before there were trophies. Okay. And it was kind of like an action RPG. Uh, and it involved there were like two parallel stories where one person was like investigating a murder, a guy. Folklore. Folklore. Yes. Someday I want. I, 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 I want to do that too. I played I've that. Al- I've always wanted to play that game. I played either a demo of it or the beginning of it, and I thought it was awesome. And uh, it's just never ever popped back up on my radar. Yeah, that game's basically Pokemon. Yeah. It's that's yeah. That, that game's actually really cool. I mean, a lot of people didn't like it. I don't know why. But I mean, I like from what I played of it, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, me too. But yeah. We had a pretty good, as far as like I'm looking at Zombie Frog stuff, we had a pretty good like smorgasbord of stuff. Yeah, good variety. Yeah, had his first person shooter with black, fighting game, you know. Some artsy games. Yeah, we had some artsy games on there and some regular old games and so far we've done a pretty good job. We've had a first person shooter, we've had a horror game, we've had a beat em up. RPG and a full-on RPG, and now we're doing an action RPG near. Which I mean, yeah. I, you know Any what? Teaser for next week. Yeah, you know, I, I will say this for near. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I really like this game. I don't know how Justin's gonna think about it, <laughs> but um, so far I'm actually liking this game, and one of the reasons why is because it has a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, so that soundtrack is really good. I I really like that soundtrack. It feels like um, it just feels like you know, fantasy RPG. Which I love it. It's like I love that some parts are this kind of like acoustic-y Japanese music, and some parts are like J-pop style music, and it's all just. It, it honestly, a lot of it is stuff that I w- I would listen to. Very readily outside of a video game. Yeah. In my car, I would love to listen to the soundtrack. It's it sounds, you know, it, I don't know. It's weird. It it, it sounds strange to me sometimes. It, like, yeah, it, has, it sounds weird in game. Like it's almost surreal. Yeah, because like every time you walk into a building, it sounds like something's playing in reverse. If you listen to the music, it, it you know it does. It sounds like that. Yeah. It sounds so strange, and I'm like, why does it sound like that? You know, when this is obviously in the future, but also in the, it seems like it's in the past. And I'm like, which I just I, somebody tweeted to me today whenever I mentioned Near, and he said he'd listen to us whenever we whenever we recorded about it. But he said that game has more content after you beat it. Oh, he, nice. He says you beat the game, and he says you play the first half of that game again with different content. Interesting. He says. He says. In order for you to get everything out of this game, you have to play it three times. The first half, three times. Hmm. So I don't know what he means by that. Um, which makes me excited. But I'm. I'm actually really enjoying it right now. Yeah, it's, I'm really loving it. It's totally it's... a Zelda game, but it has so many different quirks to it. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's that's the little teaser for next week. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear what, what Justin has to say about it. He may actually like it because it's still it's it's hack and slashy. Yeah, you know for what it is, and I think he enjoys action game. So, um, it, regardless, it'll be an interesting one to discuss. I think. No, definitely, because it's strange. This game yeah. is strange. So, but yeah, I think uh, we've rambled on long enough for this, and hopefully, you guys have enjoyed us talk about random shit. <laughs> you know, tabletop RPGs, Magic the Gathering, uh, our beginnings of video game playing, and then our big list of games that we want to play. So, um, anyway. If any of those caught your ear. Yeah, definitely let us know. If you if, if any of you guys out there are listening and you say, you know what, I want to hear you guys talk about this game, let me know. Send me a tweet at DMLFury on Twitter, or you can send me an email at uh, frustratedfury.com at ztgamedomain.com don't hesitate send me something I don't care if it's Madden 2006 send send me something so but anyway I'm Drew and I'm Matt and we're out of here we'll catch you guys with a real episode of Phoenix Down next week with the beginning of Nier.